0: That uh, the the question of whether a person should fast in Yom Kippur or not is one of the issues that a Rav has to be uh, familiar with. When uh, the questions come up before Yom Kippur, so then one is able to um, consult with people in the field, with doctors, and a Rav over. Time puts together uh, a group of doctors that he uh, feels that their expertise is um, excellent, and that they are, that he can trust them. That the that the doctor can trust the rabbi to be discreet because he, he really cannot be magala Which doctor is giving you information, probably because of uh, insurance reasons? So, yeah, so the rabbi, the doctor, is to trust the rabbi, and the rabbi is to trust the doctor that uh, the doctor appreciates the where the rabbi is coming from and gives him the information in a non-judgmental way in, in a purely uh, <laughs> scientific fashion and um, without rendering judgment on whether this is a, something that should impact or can impact uh, Yom Kippur or whatever reason, the rabbi is asking is, is getting his information. However, when the question comes up on Yom Kippur itself, says so the Mishnah right? So then the rabbi doesn't have time to consult neither with the people in the field, nor does he have time to to discuss with other rabbanim. So the issues of the when one would fast in Yom Kippur, or when one would be allowed to to um, not eat Yom Kippur, when One would be allowed to eat in kipper would when one would be obligated to eat Yom Kippur. So one has to have the the uh, the picture in one's mind because when the questions come up, one often does not have the ability or the luxury to be able to um, to consult. Mishnah Mir writes that this even a situation where a person would is allowed not to is allowed not to give due cover to a rov. In other words, if, if, if if you happen to be a doctor in, in Shul and you overhear the rabbi discussing a question about pikoch Nefesh, and the doctor or another the feels that the rabbi is uh, in error, so if it would be in other areas of halacha so then uh, you're supposed to behave yourself and discuss with the rabbi later on with erach Koven. But when it comes to Pikach Nefesh and Shavuot kipper, Kippur, so then the Mishnah says that a person that a person who's eavesdropping would be or otherwise finds out about what he thinks might be a mistake, this would be a situation where one would be allowed not to be cholek would be required not to give covenant thereof. One of the questions that comes up uh, is in preparing for Yom Kippur, is, um, the question was raised to Rav that nowadays there are, and they're much more developed now than they were in the times of of, uh, of this shaila, various uh, suppositories, and various uh, that one, that one could put apply on Erev Yom Kippur and on Yom Kippur. And the question was raised: to Moshe, a person in Yom Kippur, is going to feel he knows him his other fast days or other situations when he was fasting and he felt uh, terribly weak and he felt that he <coughs> and he couldn't make it, couldn't make it through the fast, so but if he uses a suppos- suppositor, he can will be able to make it through the fast. So Rav Moshe's first response, first part of the response is that it's not required al-pidin. al if a person will feel very, very, very terrible, and not make it through, the, and, uh, but will not be in any way um, have any threat, say, to his uh, to living, so then he has to fast with without the suppository. And on the other end, if he's going to feel very very terrible, and it could, God forbid, bring him to a possible life threatening situation, that he's allowed to allowed to he has to eat. So, Rav Moshe said there is no requirement to use a uh, suppository. Then he goes on to raise the question whether it's mutter to use why. Because there is an yisur refu on, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, so he said, if, if the Torah does not requ- halacha does not require you to take this medication, so are you allowed to take medication? So, Le-Kharad, the second question that Rav that Moshe raises, we are knowing the hakel on that for, for two reasons. Number one is that most poskim are lenient with prophylactic medication. If a person is not sick and he's taking something so that he does not become sick. So Mishnah records that many are mekal that is not included in the Issur Rifuah and Shant. and um, and then Rav Moshe writes that uh, he thinks it would be mutter anyways because without this, the, the assumption is that with the, the person is not going to feel great without the suppositors, He's going to he's going to feel terrible. So it's true that he asked. Uh, he, he um, and he either will feel terrible and will not be allowed to break his fast, or feel terrible and will be allowed. But if a person feels that bad, then you're not allowed to take medication. So there's no in taking the medication. But Reverential Rights, and then Reverential Rights is fine if he wants to be, it's fine, he can do it. Years ago, when uh, the rub was in his later years and uh, he wasn't, uh, he was weak, so uh, I think the rumor is that he, the Rav would have a, um, an IV on, on Yom Kippur. And if you look at the Tzitzel Yezer, where the Tzitzel Yezer says, it, it was reported to me that uh, that one of the great Rav Bannam, put on an IV on Yom Kippur. So again, I don't know, if I, I, I'm not sure if the facts are true, but the rumors were rumors. And obviously the rumors made all the way to Eretz Yisrael. So, uh, Sir Valdemar was very critical of it. He thought it was incorrect. He said that because we have halachas, halachas are, the person is a cholam asukid. So, you, you, you then, you, the giver. So, there's no din that one has to do acrobatics in order to deal with the cholam asukid. That one isn't obligated to, to take a medication which is not through eating in order to avoid. Having to eat because one's b'sakana, and if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, the Rav, it was said that the Rav said that that when he, if if the rumor is true, that it wasn't he did not feel halakhically it was required at all. It was an emotional, was an emotional concern. Have to understand that Yom Kippur in the Rav's mind was uh, was it was. It were the great, great events of of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the Rav on Yom Kippur, to a great extent, relived the Vaita form. Kippur. Relived the... Uh, for him, the Marokai, it wasn't just an Napani song. It was we uh, lived Relived those moments. And for the Rav, the, the Tara that one received on Yom Kippur was uh, a palpable sense of Tara. It was a... So... In the Ravs of Andrega, the idea of uh, not being in a tanis and, and Yom Kippur was something that emotionally was something that was intolerable for him. But not the uh, Al Al-Pidin. Alpidin, we follow the rules that uh, a person is a choiler, and fasting on Yom Kippur could in, in, in a remote remotely could threaten their lives. Then not only are they uh, mutter to eat, but they're obligated to eat. And that's one of the important uh, roles of a rav is to um, convince those people who have to eat that that is their mitzvah, and their avodah and kippur. Because Baruch Hu determines what the avodah is. Because Baruch Hu, it determines that for the overwhelming majority of people, the avodah is to fast, and for a small group of people, the avodah is to eat. That's what Baruch Hu wants, because that's the mitzvah. That's one of the Fascinating sea changes that uh, Rabbonim see over time. That if you go back, um, if you go back, uh, even when I began the Rabbonis uh, 25, 30 years ago, but certainly to my rebellion, the, the uh Arabian Kippur was not so busy because no one wanted to break the fast kipper, Kippur. Even uh, you know, the younger people was all old daito And the older people, who are Europeans, would... Uh, it was unthinkable. Even if the doctors told them, the kids told them, to break the Yim Kippur, even for a person, I'm not talking about the for people who were regular extreme uh, retirement mitzvahs. And 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 probably because they were less lettered, but uh, I had in my show a person who um Euro- european jews not that well educated but they uh they, and they went through the the mulchama. and in their later years till except for the very very last year when the doctor said they have to they have to drink and when she wasn't was that uh See, uh but to to, to eat in your kippers, even just wasn't uh, wasn't something that would considered. It was just out of bounds. And uh, nowadays, because I guess we're better educated, so we have the the, the questions come from all ages, young people, older people, and um, more I guess from younger people. Sometimes it's because doctors make you much more nervous. And that's certainly the area of pregnancy, and uh, sometimes because people are much more attuned to the pikuach nefesh and suffering pikuach nefesh, maybe people are just more nervous than they used to be. There's a lot more uh, a lot more anxiety now than they used to be. So, for whatever reason, there is a bit of a sea change, which is I would say I would say a tad disappointing. And on one hand, it's always good that people are more attuned to what Allah requires, but the hergish we're missing one of the hergish, the hergish that. Uh, Fa- that, that, that it's unthinkable to, to, um, to eat um Yom Kippur so that uh, it would be nice to have that uh, overwhelming Hergish uh, back again the uh, Chassam Sofer. we have a shuvah that Chassam had in the Chassam Soifer we have in the Makoros where there was some uh, machla that was, it was brought to the Chassam Soifer that there was some machla in the streets and and uh, and the question was that if a person goes outside, so he'll be exposed to the machla, <coughs> and it's a machla that's uh, that, is, that can endanger. So the Chassam Sofer says if a person is exposed to a dangerous machla, so and the fasting increases the sakana of the exposure, so then one shouldn't fast in Yom Kippur. But he says, but but uh, there's no reason to go out of one's house. If you're, if you're not going to get exposed inside your house, you only get exposed in the streets, so the chassam sefer says he stay home. In other words, this, that's, that is a, again, it's a Dover portion from the halacha, but it's one that has to be stressed, that if one's success in completing the fast will be enhanced by being at home and staying in bed, so then we'll stay at home. even though when we'll miss uh, the Sana Tokhev and when we'll miss uh, and we'll miss Neila and we'll miss uh, Marakai it is something to miss um, I'm not belittling missing uh, all these Tfilas and being in the Yomit Seraqamin and all the Piyutim it is is, a big Chisar not belittling it but uh, but it's not a Deiraysa all the ravonim, and fasting is a raisa. Fasting is it a karis. is it a new karis. So, uh, so the so the has to. One of the jobs of the rav is to explain to a person that the halacha is they have to stay at home if staying at home means they will be able to to fast or increases the chance of being able to fast. And uh, the same thing is true for Rev. Moshe writes as Rev. Shalom Zaman if a person is, is, um, has to eat a new giver and they'll have to eat more if they go to shul and eat less if they stay home, then they have to stay home. Even, even though it means even uh, one kazai is more. And then you have to go a step further. And this is uh, a I believe it. What I am saying is say, different portions, but it's anything that I think uh, uh, Rav Golson points point this out That if, the, if by the husband staying home, his wife will be able to make it through the fast. Baruch Hashem, you have a family, uh, a family, uh, a full household. So uh, if the wife is going to be up and running after the kids, and when can't for some reason, one cannot get any um, help. So then she won't be able to fast. But if the husband is home taking, helping out with the kids, then the wife will be able to fast. So then uh, the, the, the husband has to sacrifice his participation in the tzibur and that you know, His wife should be able to fast. Because the fasting is a day, rice, that they can do So that's the, the part of the job of the rav is number one to paskin. And then once the rav is paskin, then uh, carrying out the psak, which means that those who al are supposed to eat, you may have to convince them that they have to eat. If you they have to eat. And uh, those who eat Pesach and they have to fast, you may have to also hold their hands a little bit. And then sometimes you'll have to explain to people that they have to stay home. And that's, that's not an easy thing. It shouldn't be an easy thing. And, but that's... Uh, and uh, we have a community so then you try to work things out to help different people help each other out so that you able to get out uh, and, get, and get to shul but that, the, uh, that each person has their different avod and Yom Kippur as the halacha would, uh, would determine the uh, Rav Sternbach was asked the question. I believe also about Makomos that there was a pregnant woman who, for whatever reason, had to, in order to be home for Yom Kippur, had a, a long flight. Um, so the question was posed to Rav, Rav Sternbach that the combination of the long flight and the pregnancy is going to make her very, very uh, going to compromise her overall state, so to speak. so what was was before she flew in before Yom Kippur. She flew in before Yom Kippur and she was pregnant. And he said, "The question was uh, a lot of str- a lot of physical stress, the pregnancy, the flying." So Sternbach thought that, that this did not rise the bar of being able to, to eat in Yom Kippur. He said that uh, if there was some something happening, right, some sim in some event, so then. We made that, and could Godfrey threaten the pregnancy? So then that would that would be a reason to break the fast. But because of the uh, because there were different things going on in her situation, and therefore the doctor speculated that it could be hard for the fast. He thought that wasn't. It. He said that he thought that was the machloekas that took place in Vilna. There is the machloekas that we. That we have heard about that there was a cholera epidemic, in Vilnius, so friendly. Also, Solante said that everybody has to eat. Then there was a, So what was the? What was the situation? There was an epidemic. If I didn't get hit by the epidemic, so I'm uh, no reason I shouldn't eat. I, I, no reason that I should not fast in Yom Kippur. If I get hit by the epidemic, I have to eat in Yom Kippur. Now, what happens if it's? Um, I don't know if I'll get hit by the. the, the I'm going to go to shul, who knows? Me, they, I'm not. So, allegedly, allegedly, Riswal Salate said that because, I don't know how he explained himself so much, we don't know exactly what he said, but because, allegedly, because there was a significant chance that a person would get hit, and if they would get hit, then they would be in a compromised situation, so therefore they shouldn't eat him Yom Kippur. And the other diner, villain disagreed with Riswal Solante and said, no. A person, God forbid, if a person if has any simonim, they have eat the eat that they have to eat. But if they have no simonim, they're not going to eat. So, Rav thought thought that was the machlekes. Machlekes was that being in a situation whereby nothing is happening right now. There's no indication right now that I'm in any danger. But I'm in a situation where there's a suffix that I might be in, in a situation where I'll need to break my fast. He thought that wasn't enough. So he thought that was that, that there's an interesting nakuda here because it seems from Rehmerish's that we would follow the we Salander. And Russian Weiss says, we don't follow because we only know, we don't have enough information exactly what he was thinking, what were the numbers, whether, he says we don't know enough about this situation of Paschal. So he says, we get our story. It's a story, but you can't pass him based on it. and uh, Rabbi Ramash holds that we pass him like uh, that we pass and like the Milner against uh, the Resource That he thought that the most post would, would argue with Resource lantern that this doesn't rise to the bar of uh, requiring one to eat. The the most frequent question that you'll have in Mirza Shapu, you'll have these questions as become rabbanim. So you'll have various questions about uh, people who are ill, and each time you'll have to discuss it with the, with the doctors at hand and push the doctors to explain that we only break the fast if it's a we only break the fast if it's a kodosav Pain is not a reason to break the fasting, even though it's a terrible thing, and uh, I don't know, being weak, but it has to be we are very, very liberal in determining what is a suffik b'kochnefesh, any Savik b'chlal, but it has to be in that box in order for us to break the fast of Giffers. You have to be able to have a very, um, a very uh, well understood conversation with the doctor. If it's going to be a conversation. He picks up the phone for three minutes between patients then uh, it's not going to be that helpful. Have to, you have to be able to have a real conversation and, and the doctors appreciate the severity of the issue and that the issue is not only, if it, even if the religious issue does not speak to the doctor, but the overall psychological well-being of the patient deserves that it has to be well-discussed, well-understood, worked out, and it's part of the, of the patient uh, care. So that's, that'll be, um, and if a person is, one of the things that the that, uh, person is under, let's say, medical treatment, and they have to take, uh, let's say, medications over the course of Yom Kippur. So if it's a medication, if it's a pill without any kind of, uh, that, that the person can swallow, Without any kind of egg, without any water. So, for my shoulder, that's a mutter onion kipper. To so swallow a pill without any uh, with any water at all. It's a shloka der Achila. It's not a michel. And if it's going to help a person get through the day and be pain free, person, let's say, has uh, migraines. So, migraines, are, as far as I know, in most cases, not a sarcana. But they could be, as, you know, as everyone knows, they could be terribly, terribly debilitating. So, the person is a cholish ain basakona, so he can, uh, can certainly take medication. So when you take the medication without any kind of water, Ramashur writes that uh, the even for cholish ain basakona, can take uh, pills. What happens if the person is a cholish ain basakona? And can only take the pill together with some kind of. Otherwise, it gets stuck in their throat. So, one suggestion that comes out from Eretz Yisrael is to um, to take it with some water and make the water not taste so good. And the water doesn't take vile. The water should just has to be water that you're not going to be nana from. The water that would not be normal to drink. So, the marshal, I would think that if you put uh, a few drops of mouthwash in water, so it, uh, it's, not, it's not, uh, not the kind of thing you would drink. It's not vile, but it's uh, not keder hakhilah, not keder hachitir. So for cholashen basakona, it's something to think about. Um, but that would be a way of getting them through um, Yom Kippur. Even for cholashen yesh basakana. we're always machilin. The first is the cholish So then we negotiate. We try to make the 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 evening as uh, as least of a, of a of an Easter as possible. So even if it's a cholish sheyish who needs to take medication, and we can take the medication in a way that's not roilecho. So that's better. That's the whole basis of shiurim. That the uh, person's a cholishen, but they don't need. But, but if they have, if they have uh, food staggered over the course of the day, they have uh, food that's um, a different shiurim. But they have a less than a keseves of food. I usually uh, ask people to think about it in terms of a grape, even a large grape, but well, it's going to be less than a quesapis. Um I think in terms of an olive. think in terms of a sugar cube. Right? To have a piece of food that's of that size, and we can have less than an ounce of water, or less than an ounce of, you know, of, a, of a drink, um, and we can have, that's what we call shiur. They should be staggered by is nine minutes apart. And you can have the milk, you can have the, the food and the water in the same nine minutes. They're not metzarev. Food is metzarev with the food and water with water. But food and water not metzarev. So the person is, But we can take care of it with a macho, we can take care of it with a machol, a chila, which is not needed for oynshim. So that's obviously less of an aveira. Less of Again, it's hard to call it an avera. It's a kalakal. It's muter for them to eat. But if we can feed them in a way that is a lesser violation, then we do the lesser violation. So we say that it's a uh, shiurim. So then you have to often discuss with the doctor how much liquid the person needs. The doctor may say, normal amounts. Say, make a cheshman. What's a normal amount? So then, if if they have less than an ounce, like a little shot glass, every nine minutes. So uh, you do the you do the numbers, right? So it's over the course of an hour and a half, they get ten ounces in, right? That's uh, ten ounces already, uh, almost a Pepsi, almost a small bottle. So it adds up over time. So the doctor again, after that's the doctor, what their, uh, how much liquid they need. And does it matter whether that it comes over time or not? If people are on certain, certain medications that are dehydrating medications, there are certain medications that the person has to be on, but they dehydrate. So you have to figure out how much water the person needs not to dehydrate. So then, but they can be given over time. If nine minutes is too staggered, in other words, the body's going to absorb it too. So then the altirem is seven minutes. And if that's too, uh, too slow, the Ahasulah is six minutes. And if El-Khanan has five minutes, the uh, Chassam cipher, rice and shuv, it's, it's between two and nine. So if you're in Kippen, we use nine. So, I've never had to go below five minutes, but nine, seven, six, and five. And here also, if the, uh, drinking or eating by yorim could mean that they, they can't come to shul for a while, because it takes time Sometimes they have to get up very early in order to get their amount of liquid. They want to be in shul for brachas, for shir for, yichud, uh, and they have to start very early sometimes. But that's uh, that's talking the din. akal to try to do it. Uh, the um, if the, if a person says that the doctor told them that if they fast, if they if they start drinking in the morning, they can use shurim. But if they're going to start in the afternoon, after musa, they're going to have to drink regular. So, what's the deal? So, the uh, post comes say, Shalman Alman says this, and uh, in the news forum, they quote, uh, Lush, Lush also says, says this, many posts come say, if, the, if the, there's a possibility that the person will make it through the day, the doctor says, I don't know if you're going to make it through. You may make it through. Right? Have you taken this medication? You're, you're, you're a little dehydrate you have a ton of fever, maybe will I don't know how it's going to be. Maybe you'll make it through. But if you, it becomes 4 o'clock in the afternoon and you begin feeling shvach, no shurim, you got to drink, take a whole power rate, damn it all the way, right? If you start at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, then you can do shurim. So then the luck is then, you, then, then when doesn't start early. If, if it's possible, if it's a suffix, I may make it through, then you try to make it through. It means that at 5 o'clock, I, mean, I can't do shurim yet, yeah. because there's a chance you can make it through. If the doctor says there's no way you're making it through, not allowed, I give you a choice. You can start 5 o'clock in the morning, sit there with a cup, at the hill of a cup, a safe or something, it's a terrible thing that, uh, with a clock a clock and a little bit of food a clock and a bit of food it's not easy right so or you can uh, wait from <coughs> two o'clock afternoon then take no the power so then Shlomo Zaman says then, then you do the sure so if there's a subfit you might make it through so then you go for that I means no shurim means no shur. Means no shur. If there's no sulfur, you will not, the doctors, will not, you're not allowed to fast. You'll endanger your life if you fast. So then, better to do the shiurim rather than fasting part of the day and drinking later on.
1: Okay.
0: But it's important, in terms of chinuch, it's very important. One of the, as, because people are more learned, and more aware, so people often think that shiurim are a mutter. The shiurim are like an ised rabbanon, so it's very important that people should appreciate shiurim are an ised they If a person is if a person is healthy, shiurim are an ised If a person is not well, if they're cholim, she ain't basa kona. Shiurim are an Every so often, a person will come to the rabbi just tell me the shiurim. I have to explain to the person shiurim for a person is a cholim and It's a part of our, all part of our success in chinuch is that we. And sometimes they've created misconceptions. They hear that people are eating shurim. No, a person can have to. We all we understand that. But your balabatim may not appreciate that. So they have to explain to them. Shurim are mutter for a choylum isukum. Uh, and as you know, the yeshivas often quote of chayyim as saying that uh, he held there was no requirement of uh, shuram because choylum uh, isukum is mutter Again, exactly what Chaim said is not so clear but I'm quoting it only so we remind ourselves that that's we have to teach people that we only employ shiurim for a <laughs> chayl Sorry, a sukkah is that a, is that a, a on the question of a and a <coughs> <coughs> if, you, if, you, if you have a
1: sukkah if you, can, if you can give him the full shield shiur and yeah. he's
0: saying Yom, yom Kippur is chudra right if you can't then in time you find the only the chuyah so it, we say the khara you're saying is correct the khara is saying that akal akal means that it's, yes. it's yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the chuyah that's correct yes
1: sorry the moshe's heads
0: are swallowing without water yeah what are you going to say vitamins that one needs to take and not even a khalashim with akana I don't know I don't know I don't know the can't say Go
1: ahead. What if you can go the whole day with just doing shore? Like you'll have to start early in the morning and because of that you'll end up drinking a very quantity of water. Uh huh. Starting later you are sleeping, then you drink a lot less, but you don't have
0: to drink it more Because you're awake for longer you need to have more. So is it better to drink more more total by shore or less total I have to, I'm going to think about it tomorrow, but my initial reaction is uh, shu, better idea sure. That's my initial reaction. Yeah, it's, it's a kesef. It's a date. So you, you have less than a date. So you tell people a date, but they we're we going on a minor thing. So that's why. You, or probably you should say like a grape or something sugar a large sugar cube because then they you know what they're thinking that way
1: you say that suppository? you're not looking to use a suppository but some people want to do it anyway yeah. so that their emotion says that no child is a fool right if you want to do it anyway it's even sure it's a man and the whole the whole head besides that it's only preventative yeah. if you don't have any any symptoms Right. is that
0: is that it? Yochel lechol guf as it is. So if you're yochel lechol guf, the whole child will fall away, right? Correct. Yeah. He, right. Exactly. That's what he points out. Yeah. That's what he points out. He points out, uh-huh. he points out that, that it's not a problem because the child is only going to be posed in the chen Correct. As far as it's only He doesn't. He
1: doesn't. He doesn't quote the preventing. He doesn't. He doesn't
0: quote. the yeah, only quotes. Calls... But the a positive story. He's there to
1: prevent holchol guf. Right. So, so she wrote it. Yes. Correct. Expression.
0: Right. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Now, one of the, uh, one of the things that I try to do before Yom Kippur around, you know, around now is that people who are on medications that they only take it once a day. So many people are on a medical regimen, every morning they take a certain medication. So, if they, be, with the doctor's uh, approval, if they begin to stagger their medication, then by the time they get to Yom Kippur, they can get to take it around Shki and Seis. Right? if they delay uh, starting now or next week if they delay taking it an hour a day so most medications are not that sensitive and if every day they take it an hour later so by the time you get to Yom Kippur they're holding by taking it by Shkiyotan so they can take one one uh, treatment before, Shri, before, before Kol Lidre and one treatment after Nehila so, uh, something to think about. Now, not all medications are, can be done at, at uh, the evening. And, uh, again, I have to I'm done with the doctor's, uh, a doctor's um, direction, but it's something that can make life easier. So the question that uh, you'll most frequently get, hopefully, is the question of a muberis. A pregnant woman, l'chayr, shouldn't be a question, because Shechan says, black and white, that a muberis fasts, the Mubarak is Mashlin, and the uh, when Vonim when who are in the trenches, on a year like this, when Tishbab is in Nidcha, so we all almost, we'll agree that it makes the summer so much easier. Because in a Nidcha, it's much easier to be Makel, oh, certainly for a Mubarak. And um, so the uh, the pressure on a Rav, on the uh, Every tish before in the weeks before Tishah, but asking Mulboris questions, is like a, a a gift to have Hashanah. I think yes, you also they say. It, I think they also The nitzar also say, and nidcha. So it makes the life just so much easier. But comes Yom Kippur is never nidcha. So we always have to question on so the pleasure of Mulboris. So Lacharit's a different portion, and Mulboris has to fast before she shochanarich, before she has Mishnah, that Mishnah and Yuma. And the story should be a, a two-second phone call. So why did it change? So it changed because many years ago, the Rebbe Yaakov Yisrael Fisher, who was one of the most beloved poskim in Yerushalayim, he was—he's written the Evan Yisrael, I think. But he was—he was a posk. Like he had a—I still remember that he had an hour a day for his open to the public, one between one or two o'clock in the afternoon. And it was uh, he, he, he passed, in, I think, from his house in his later years. He didn't go to say Seirah, and there was always a, a line of people. He was very much beloved. He had a Yerushalmi, uh, a Yerushalmi He often had uh, was able to be mailable because Yerushalmi Misayra. So when he wrote the Haskoma to the first part of the Pnei Boruch, the Pnei Boruch is what you know as the art scroll. It's a translation of the Pnei Baruch. So the Pnei Baruch came out in two volumes. The first volume, which is not part of the art scroll, is uh, the halachas of a Goseis and Aninus, right? The speaker of and Aninus. So that's not so cheerful. So it's not in the... Uh, so, the uh, so, so the in the first volume, the Machaber asked old fisher for a haskaba." So apparently... He was. I was on his mind at that time. I guess because it's also a bivka is that what happens to a Mubaris on Kipper. So there he writes. Nowadays, if people are weaker, the asaros Rabos and scores of women have um, miscarriages. On yadayataydes all women before the ninth month they have to eat in Yom Kippur so this was uh, a uh, when this when people people very rarely read Haskamas but when uh, this came to light when some guy actually read the the safer and said it tells people what's buried away in this Haskama it was like a bomb the Yakuza official when a member of the Ina Haredes in Yerushalayim says that Muboris are supposed to eat, so it became uh, that it, it raised the question of shulchan So Revaldenberg many years later wrote, and and Aposkim is not like Reviakish Olfisher. Revaldenberg is written against it, but Bozer I believe Mashiach Shmuel is written against it. I think Joseph Yosef is written against it that it's not, uh, not being Muskel. But Rav Aldenberg has written the most uh, elaborate shuva that discusses this position. So, first of all, he says, are we clear that the uh, information that Rabbi Akris Olufischer is working with is accurate information? Is it really true that the scores of women have the miscarriages... On the, of the course of uh, Titus So so the kindest way that we can understand uh, Fisher's approach is over the course of, a, of his tenure as a post scores of women. If scores of women every year would have uh, miscarriages, we would you know about it. So, uh, but it must mean that over the course of years and years um, poskening, so he's had situations where he became aware. So is that valid information. That's number one. So, Rabbi Black, when he addressed it in one of his English articles, points out that there have been some studies. The most um, celebrated study was the one that was done in 83 in Shari Tzedek, when they did notice that there was an increase of women uh, coming to the emergency room, coming to the labor room, I should say, after Yom Kippur. But the study points out that it's uh, that the increase of women who had reached term, there was not a significant increase in women who were not yet in term. So that uh, raises questions to the validity of the observation. And a similar study was was uh, published a year earlier in uh, in a, a Rafua magazine that a Bleich quote. and. There was a, in, in, uh, around the same time, The Lancet, which I assume is still the foremost, then in the New England Journal of Medicine, the foremost uh, publications in medicine, so they had a study as well, and they didn't report an increase in labor, they, they reported a, posi- a concern of ketosis, which is a, a biological process, um, which, which is a, a biological Process, which is part of the hydration, which was question was, could that harm the fetus? But their conclusion, according to Rabbi Black, was that it was not uh, significant in its in any impact on the on the baby. So, the the medical information would seem to be against Rabbi Fisher's observation. And there are two other caveats that we should apply. One is. That all them agree that there are pregnant women who cannot fast in yom kippur. There are pregnant women who must eat in yom kippur. There are pregnant women who have certain situations, certain conditions. There are pregnant women who are um, who are predisposed to dehydrated. So it's highly possible that the observations of Fisher were that the women who would they have asked Shilas would have been told to break their fast but because they didn't ask a shaila, they got into trouble they could be that that would account for the, the numbers of women there, there are scores of women that we tell that Rabbanim tell scores of pregnant women that we tell they have to break the fast and give her and certainly over the course of uh, of a Rabbanim's um, tenure of Paschalim we live with the, the so he will have told scores of women they have to break their fast and it could be that if those women don't listen to the rabbi they can get into trouble so the 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 information that Rav Fisher was working with is uh, number one, is questionable both from the medical perspective and even from the way that you analyze data that maybe he just wasn't looking at the pool he should have been looking at then Rav Aldugman raised the question, well, even if his numbers are correct, do they rise to the level of Sakona? You know, there has to be a significant... We, we say that Pikuach Nefesh, Suffolk is very liberal. We're very open to Suffolk. But there is a limitation to a Suffolk because one guy wakes up in the morning and thinks that that uh, he's going to dehydrate that day even though he's never dehydrated before. does not what dehydration is. right? Uh, that doesn't create a Suffolk Right? Suffolk has to be some standards as well. So the, we don't really have a tight understanding of sufik, what becomes a Sufic? The Post can work with, a, I think, a marasham, that's a shik I think, that one in a thousand is a, is a Sufic. Less than one in a thousand would not be a significant Sufic. So if we apply that rule to Rav Fisher's findings, we probably would not come up with one in a thousand. Right? Because, because he said if I women and he's not taking in one given year, so there are probably thousands, thousands of pregnant women who have made a thream kipper without an event. Now I, I'm uh, I'm skeptical whether nowadays we use the one in a thousand rule. Right? If a person if a person if a doctor would tell a patient that I'm suggesting a a a procedure and the mortality rate is one in a thousand. I think we would be nervous about it. One in two thousand, we're nervous about it, right? So then, um, so I think it could be that Safi Sakona is based on what Doshu Bey Rabin, and it could be that Doshu Rabin changes. It could be that nowadays, we think in bigger numbers nowadays. We have access to bigger numbers, right? So uh, in our minds, one in a thousand, that's uh, that's the, uh, that's less than the campus, right? One in a thousand is less than three large shul's. So our our numbers are much bigger right now. So it's conceivable to me, it could be that one one in a thousand, there was a time when that was but it could be that now it is a little bit different. But in any event, the point still is that does the, even if the observation of a a Fisher would be accurate, question number one is, is his observation accurate? Is it valid? Even if it is accurate and valid, is it um, significant al-pidin? does it does it rise to the level of a suffix sakon. And then the uh, the third issue that is raised that Rivaldomir raised is that the he says that <laughs> that there is a an overarching weakening of the deris. So Rivaldeberg says that that before any one rab makes that kind of judgment, that's the kind of thing, he says, you bring Rabbanam together, you want to go up against the Mishnah. Right? So he says, to talk to us. You know, Mishnah says, you want to say the things are different nowadays? Okay, it's possible. But let's get together, let's have a conference, let's have a, a few posts from there, let's a few doctors there, let's figure this out. Is it? Next is what does, let's get real information. And real, so he says, to make a decision... Without having um, some kind of uh, conversation, she's so think that and, and to Paskin Shiloh, which goes up against the Mishnah, he says he thought that was uh, is, is a, a, a sack that doesn't have standing, so to speak. Are we going to say? I'm sorry? Yes. Uh, the
1: rabbi said about the, the women who are given to dehydration. Right. Now, the said that you need to break the fast if it happens. The question is, should
0: they or kill or should they the fast? Right, so we'll, that will come to the moment. Yeah, We'll, we'll describe that in a moment. Yeah. Good?
1: Um, what was he saying about the perspective
0: of people and numbers? In people? Yeah, as I said, that it doesn't really relate. It's an, an interesting question. What do we call a Suffolk Sakonah? So Sakonah, B'nerach Chalal, came to the Doshovei Right. Well, what, when are you allowed to take to uh, undergo a procedure with risk? So the answer is if rogue people undergo that procedure then you're allowed to. When are you allowed to, uh, to do a um, when are you allowed to do a, a very, very challenging trail? When are you allowed to backpack in uh, heat? When are you allowed to at what point are you allowed to take on a, a risk? So the Gemara says if rogue people take on that risk then it's motor, then it's motor, right? Why, why is it that, uh, that we are uh, we're allowed to drive, but uh, there's a risk in driving, right? But we aren't allowed to expose ourselves to, uh, to certain machlas. Right? So what's the what's The binyan si'in. Right? Why is it that we're allowed to uh, do something and then come back and say, Baruch Right? It right? can be yard so if you're going to say, well, why were we you to begin with? Because the saved me. So the Benin says, no, there is, there's a Sheer of Sakana. The Sheer of Sakana is, the Gemara says, I mean, if Roy people do it, then you're allowed to do it. But if, And there are certain things that Roy people do, which accept upon themselves a certain Sakana, and when you get through them, so then you uh, make it Right, most Baruches are imposed upon a person. Merchoyle, Beis right? But is a is a self-imposed Baruches Right? So, that's a, so what I'm suggesting is that it could be that the one in a thousand we may have, it's conceivable to me that one in a thousand is no longer a sheer of a risk that the tzibah is willing to take. The is probably has a higher standard. One, right? I just, I, I think if, if, if you ask yourself if you if, if there was a certain sport and on the waiver it said the one in a thousand don't come back right, so now sign and waiver and you get your equipment for the sport, so would we uh, would we do that sport right, one in a million fall off the roller coaster right, so then uh, we'll do it, right? so, what's, so I think our numbers are different nowadays I think in earlier times a thousand is a huge number. That''s well, it's a thousand; uh, it's not such a big number, right? So I think I think it might might have to be revisited. We very rarely actually use the one in a thousand shear. But the point is that there is a shear to Soviet Sakona. right? That Soviet a is not uh, because one a you know, doctor in Montana ran a study and uh, found there was a sakana that might not be enough to create a sakana. It has to be a certain level of risk alright so then the uh, so when a person a woman was pregnant so we will say that um, in fact the Moshe uh, Sternbach writes in a very surprising chuva that he says he found that the Maharil was aware that some women would actually have a miscarriage because of the fast and he said that that a woman has to fast, right? Even though, in other words, the, what Ramesh was is saying is that Maril was aware it was a risk, but it was not a risk that uh, rose to the to level of being a suffix economy. Which so, is uh, the risk so, one for pregnant women
1: to fast? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he said that Maril was apparently aware that uh, a pregnant woman could lose the pregnancy over the course of a, of a fast day. So, what would be situations where a pregnant woman we would encourage that woman to break her fast? Right, a so woman calls up that she's pregnant, and the doctor has said to her, the doctor gotten her all nervous that she uh, that she shouldn't fast. And this also, practically speaking, it's very very hard for uh, I, I find it very difficult for to get in between a doctor and a patient. And so I always try to work, speak to the doctor and discuss it with the doctor as to what standards you're using. Because it's, um, it puts the it puts the, of the in a very difficult position. The doctor says I have to drink. The rabbi is saying, don't see a basis for it. So I, I would often explain to the patient, if the doctor said to you, he doesn't advise pregnant with fast pechlal. It was standard standard piece of information. It was not... Um, addressing this particular pregnant this particular woman. So then I would not take that seriously. Right? Then the patient asks the doctor, what's, what's, what is this based on? Is there a study? Right. So the doctor says, we'll answer one or three ways. The doctor will say, it doesn't make sense to me, I have hergish, the body can't handle it, There's too much stress in the body. It's not really a really scientific response so the doctor will say don't, didn't, don't you know the shahar tzaddik studies it means the doctor didn't read the studies and the studies were for a very specific group full term and then we take it very seriously if it's full term Yeah. Um, so the uh, and doctors are under much greater pressure nowadays to be conservative and careful than they used to be because if a doctor if, if, a, if a doctor gives the green light to, uh, to fast, and the woman gets into trouble. So he's gonna, OBG wins, and are the most sued doctors of all, most sued um, specialty. So, of course, the doctor is a pachar. Why should he uh, tell somebody to fast? If he's a, doc- if he's, if he's a non uh, from doctor, not, not a Jewish doctor, so why should he go out in the limb? There's absolutely no reason they should go out in the limb to help the person to fast. The rabbi tell you to fast. Why should I say to fast? So, so because of these situations, uh, there are many, many more questions, and and you have to take them very, very seriously. So, the, there are situations where we will definitely encourage a woman to break her fast from the very beginning. So, for example, let's say a woman is predisposed to dehydration. In other words, that this woman has already been this this pregnant woman has already been in the hospital for dehydration. She's uh, this pregnancy. Three weeks ago, she had to go to the hospital and get uh, put on get IV infusion. So you know that this woman cannot fast the entire day. You have evidence. This woman, if she if she skips breakfast, then by ten o'clock in the morning, the room is spinning. So in that case, we would we would uh, not be so easy. Lani is Have to take it very very seriously. Then I would probably. Say, it can go very easy on her and I would say well what about if you're lying down the entire day you'll move the entire day but, so in that case it might be that if she only gets dehydrated with full movement so then I might say let's, let's try we'll monitor it very very carefully but then but if she says no Rabbi when I 10 o'clock in the morning if I sleep late on a Sunday morning then I'm lying down and I can't get out of bed. The room is swimming. And my husband has to bring me a, a drink a, a, every single Sunday morning. So then we know that this woman is dehydrating. So then, of course, she has to break her fast. She can't, she can't fast. Dehydration is a sakuna, right? Dehydration is a In any situation, even for non pregnant woman, a pregnant woman is more more predisposed to dehydration. dehydration for anybody, it's also boomers. Is uh, so, most of us can withstand a certain degree of dehydration. At the end of a tinus, most of us will have some kind of a headache. It's either a caffeine headache or dehydration headache. Most of us will have some kind of stiffness within a limb, but that's dehydration. Right? So, most of us can withstand dehydration very, very well. But if a person gets into trouble with dehydration, the they're, getting, they're getting dizzy, they're getting faint, that's. Uh, that's dangerous. And once a person gets nailed by dehydration, then it can spiral out of control. That's why it's, uh, it's not the kind of thing where a person says, oh, so I'll wait it out. No. If a person gets dehydrated, then it can be very, very dangerous. And you can lose control over it. So if a, so if a woman has evidence of being dehydrated during this pregnancy, so then, if it's during previous pregnancy, then we have to discuss it discuss with the doctor. But if a woman has evidence of being getting into trouble, the de- dehydrating—what does that mean? That means that even when she's at rest, she gets dizzy, she gets faint. It means that she had to use the hospital already for an infusion or something, just saline, whatever it is. Not a saline, no, no. so then uh, that would be a reason why she would not be allowed to fast on Yom Kippur. Let's say a woman has had a history of of two mis- two undiagnosed miscarriages. So then, Foskim writes, he had in the earlier Svarim or Khashaim writes, then she should not fast on Yom Kippur. If they are diagnosed miscarriages, we know why the miscarriage took place. She had a she had a machl, she had a fever, she had uh, she had a trauma or something. So then, Lachar would not play a role. But if she had a two undiagnosed um, hapoles, so then she should not fast and you give. Yeah. Now there are different uh, nuances over here that one may take into account. It's a very, very, if a woman has, a, has one undiagnosed hapolis it's a, it's, a, it's a very difficult trial for a rough to deal with because the woman is nervous. She says, we don't know why she had the hapolis, and the one diagnosed Undiagnosed, you don't have any really support, support. Not fasting them, so that's a very difficult shayla. Discuss with the doctor. See, or Litzimun had a hapola, and the uh, seventh week, and now she's in the seventh month. So then, I discuss with the doctor. The doctor may say it really is no indication. Seventh week, seventh month, she's already long past the danger zone. So there are different nuances that would have to be dealt with very carefully and the doctor and see what the Aloha shakes out there's a question right there no.
1: yeah what, if,
0: what yeah. if she had five healthy children in between? yeah, yeah two apolis and five healthy kids so I would um, my niti would be that she would not be uh, she, that she, she would have to fast but I would discuss it with the doctor see what the doctor says See or let's say in the last pregnancy she had preterm labor so my numbers are old numbers you have to you have to restudy it but the numbers used to be that a woman who had preterm labor once, she is at, at a 15% increase of having preterm labor a second time and if she's had preterm labor twice she's at a 30, 30, oh, over 32% chance of having preterm labor in future pregnancies. So, again, if discuss with the doctor, a woman in, in fifth month probably doesn't have, probably, if, and just uh, if discuss with the doctor, what point is she in the zone of a hashash of preterm labor? But preterm labor is dangerous. Right? Giving birth to a baby early is dangerous. But giving birth to a baby before the 37th week, the, the lungs are not fully developed. That's dangerous. Exactly when it doesn't become dangerous. If that's a doctor, most doctors will say, 40th week, that's even good. Thirty ninth week is not dangerous. Thirty eighth week, you we have to discuss with the doctor whether uh, that's dangerous to go to, to have an increased chance of, of labor. Then, so the doctor says, based on the history of the woman, or based on any other presentation, she may go into preterm labor at a time when it's dangerous. So then uh, she can't uh, she can't fast. There is a debate amongst the amongst the Poskim, the ninth month. But Fisher was most liberal, so he was. He said, but once you're in the ninth month, then you have to fast. And Rav Navin Salz said, for a carrot, and then until the ninth month you have to fast. In the ninth month, so then you are a candidate for preterm labor. So then, is a, then when uh, then one shouldn't fast. It's, it's certainly clear that that the. Uh, so once a, once a woman is in labor, then she should uh, she has to break her fast. If it's God forbid early, then just break her fast to stop the labor. If it's if she's full term, so then uh, labor is a is a is a sakana. So you want her to be fully physically at her best for uh, for the upcoming sakana. So once a woman goes into labor, then of course she has to again. If you talk when she goes into labor, she's she's the fortieth week. She goes into labor um, a few hours after Nidre, so then probably she's well hydrated. But if she goes to labor uh, a few hours before cholnidrite, the doctor said she can fast. She's 40th week. The doctor said, Gavaldik. She's supposed to go into labor right now. Why should we? He uh, gives her a bracha at the fast. But then, and then now you're holding by Mara Kain, and she goes into labor, so then she should just break her fast. Uh, she says, but only got a few hours to go but she has to be hydrated for the of for the giving birth. And then there are, so those are the, 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 the if there are pre-set conditions, history of uh, early labor, history of apollo, uh, history of dehydration. So those are all indications that have to be taken very, very seriously and discussed. And they will, um, indicate that she, in, in many, many situations, will have to eat or drink, mostly drink over Yom Kippur. If she has had experiences of of, um, of lab, of uh, contractions. So she never went into preterm labor, but this pregnancy, she's had contractions already. So then that's the discussion with the doctor, and then those contractions are in the indication. If she had contractions when she was in her... I don't know, 12th week, and she hasn't had it since the doctor may be dismissive of it. But if she's in her 8th uh, month, and she had contractions a month ago, and they stopped, the doctor may say she's predisposed to preterm labor because of those contractions. And of course, we have to take that uh, seriously. Now, what happens if a woman, Baruch Hashem, you go through your, your list, she's pregnant, she calls up, and she asks who has the pregnancy. She says, Baruch Hashem, a great pregnancy. You've asked her any evidence of dehydration. No. She was not in the hospital. She wasn't in IV. She never, had, uh, she never got faint or dizzy. And then you ask her any, 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 any history from previous pregnancies that would indicate a problem. She says, no, Baruch Hashem. Every pregnancy, full term, was never Yom Kippur. Whatever it was, but it was always full term. It was Kevaldik. It was easy. Baruch Hashem. And you ask her whether there's any indication of contractions, anything, any, any unusual bleeding, any unusual contraction during this pregnancy. No, it's been a good pregnancy. Just, why is she calling? Because the doctor said that she's crazy to fast. Right, so then you say, well, there's no indication of... No indication. It'd be good to have a conversation with the doctor. What was the doctor thinking? And maybe the doctor knows something that he... And nowadays, I think doctors have regal everything to, to, the, uh, to, to the patient maybe the there are situations where a doctor will say I want to have I don't want it to go into labor I want to have controlled labor right, so then because controlled labor is safer if she goes into in other words, her, the doctor's plan is let her go to a certain point and then induce, so you have to ask why if it's because he wants to keep his numbers high he wants to so that I uh, can't help you out, you have to but if it's because the baby's lying in a certain way, right? The placenta's lying in a certain way. Because there's some test that showed that that, that, uh, so then, that would be something to consider very seriously. That uh, the doctor is saying for this woman, for this woman to go into she won't go into labor until the 39th week. And I will, and I will not let her at the 39th week I'm going to induce that because I don't want uncontrolled labor. Because I have this, these chashashs. But she's now in the thirty seventh week, and if she and she if she dehydrates, she'll go into labor. It'll be uncontrolled labor, and, and for her labor is getting to very dangerous because the baby's lying a certain way. That's something taken taken very seriously. I would find that uh, to be a serious concern and discuss it with the doctor. Discuss with the doctor whether he'd be comfortable with her uh, lying down the entire day in an air conditioned room, and being uh, and monitoring herself for simonum. But let's say, the, the, after you do your intake with this woman, she is, there's no indication why she is the woman in the Mishnah. She's the Mubaris in the Mishnah. She's the, Mishnah. She's the Mubaris in the Mubaris. All right. So then you have to give her instructions. Number one, you have to tell her that you would be much happier if she'd stay home. You say, Rabbi, no, no how can I do this? I'd say, I'd be much happier if you stay home. You're a pregnant woman. You... Uh, I don't want you to get into trouble, you you, you I don't want you to have any fa- I don't to have to fast. I want it to be a healthy pregnancy. I'd much rather stay home. If you want and you live three minutes away from shul, you're not to come to Kondidray. All right. It's just you'd be fully hydrated and you're three minutes to shul, and the shul is uh, is a place which is comfortable, and not jam packed in like sardines and you uh, be comfortable. All right, you want to come? You're, you're feeling great by Neila. Mom is feeling great. You're not feeling great? Don't come. You're feeling great by Neila. You want to come? Bring a, a few juice boxes with you because you can't leave the house without a juice box. right? And it's only a few minutes to walk, maybe. But V'derach claw, try to prevail upon the woman to an Afal Pekin. If she, many women will say, "I've done this before. I've cut the shul and has been fine. It's Golay." All, all right, and then they will be fine. They will be okay. But Yerach Reyes is to try to convince her to take it very, very easy. Stay at home, feed up. And certainly if she called that the doctor's nervous, she'd say, the doctor's nervous, so take it easy. Now, if, given that she's taking it easy, she has to monitor herself that if there are any early signs of dehydration, she has to break her fast. What are early signs of dehydration? They are that she gets she, she faint or dizzy. If she gets faint or dizzy lying down, that's serious trouble, she has a drink without issue her. If when she stands up, she gets a little bit faint and dizzy, that may not be anything of concern. So then you tell her then she should sit down and see if it goes away. If it goes away, that's a problem. Then she should just stand up more slowly in the future. Right? That's, but if the, it's sustained, so then she has to break her fast. So faintness or dizziness, those are all signs of dehydration that she has to break her fast. <coughs> if she has um, uh, she gets a very severe headache so if it's a normal fasting headache I wouldn't take it so seriously but if, it's a, but if it's more than a normal fasting headache then I would say break the fast and then try with the shirin if she gets uh, sweaty, clammy that's a sign of the integration break with shirin if her urine becomes very, very amber it's very hard for a woman to figure this out but if she's nervous about it okay and she gets a sign of dehydration she can say shiur if she gets heart palpitations at the sign of dehydration then, then uh, she should break her fast without shirum, just regular until the palpitations go away so those are all those are simonim of dehydration that that, that uh, everybody can follow but you want the pregnant woman to be much more alert to any of these things and to break her fast um, quickly, expeditiously in any of these indications. If she has any kind of staining, then she has to break her fast. Because boy, staining... I mean, was that? Any kind of blood? Staining. Any, of bleeding, oh. any kind of bleeding. Any kind of uterine bleeding. What was the question?
1: Yeah, when we
0: were prone to nausea, would... Go and also with that... Tendagea so is, a, is, a, is, a, is a... It's a very, very hard... For, for the raw nausea, is a it's a, it's, a, it's debilitating. Men hardly appreciate this, but uh, when a woman is pregnant, she has ongoing nausea. It is debilitating. It's like a, it's like severe car sickness that never abates, and it's it's a horrible thing. Um, but it's not life-threatening in any way, and it doesn't threaten the pregnancy in any way. So. It can't be makele on uh, a new kipper. so it's, um, it's, it's a hard sock to deliver because uh, yeah, women, there are many women, many, many women, who during pregnancy, the only relief they get from, uh, from being nauseous is uh, to eat something. But if it's, but if it's severe nausea, double check just to make sure that it's not in any way life threatening the Gemara speaks about a craving that a, that a that a craving the Gemara says can be life-threatening can be, u- can be uber-threatening can be pregnancy-threatening that's the Gemara talks about that the Isha Shei Recha so we, we try to remind her so, so I don't think Najah is Isha Shei Recha I don't think a doctor would say that in any way is it a pregnancy there are there could be medications that a woman may want to take and again it's a difficult Pesach to deliver but in Kachayi it is at that point. So that doctors have told me that uh, throwing up between two or three times is a is a is a, is a possibility of leading to dehydration. eduration. Apparently, throwing up once is is not um, a concern for dehydration. Throwing up three times is for sure a concern. And again, throwing up doesn't mean uh, just um, it means to, to, to lose some of the the body liquids the body food so then that's correct after about three times three times for sure even after two times when we have to decide if she's afraid that she's going to be dehydrated So, have to tell would it really be if a woman has again any kind of um, bleeding is always is always the yeah, always the fear that this is a seminar of miscarriage so we has to drink um, increased uh, uh, let's say a woman if, if a woman has a, if, if any contractions that are concerning to her, or if a woman has if a, if the if the fetal movement has significantly uh, diminished, so that's a very hard thing for women to, to to focus on, and it can drive her badly. But you have to be uh, to give her all the simonim. So if any chashash the fuel movement has slowed down in any way, so then just to break it fast. Uh, going back to the throwing up, uh, we said
1: earlier that dehydration applies to everyone, not Yeah, correct. So if, if anyone throws up a few times or more? I would enough.
0: check with the doctor, but that's the impression I get. If a person throws up significantly, then yeah, so would yeah. That's, that's very few
1: questions
0: for a few minutes. So those, so those, I think, are the. Um, those are the simanim that one uses to, to prepare a woman if she's in pregnancy to uh, to be alert to these things so that she would uh, break her fast if any of these things happen. Alright? Once a woman gives birth so now we're back on the back in Shulchan Aruch. Right? Shulchan Aruch says that during the first three days a a woman who was given birth is, um, is a, is a and, is, and should break her fast. Between 3 and 7 it depends on how she feels. After 7 she's like the rest of us. Right? Exactly how you measure the 3 days, is it 72 hours or is it, uh, is it the third day? So the Mishra indicates that there is a Room to be mekel within 72 hours that the Shulchan Aruch seems to say the third day and Mishra says that a, there seems to be mekel that within if the 72 hours end Kol Nidre night then there's a machlegis on she should uh, take liberties for those few hours something is not take liberties that like Shlomo Zalman said that the cards fall the way they fall that, uh, that the the east of begins after the 72 hours yeah, but it certainly could be that the 72 hours could fall significantly into the tainus, and then she'd be allowed to break her fast for the first, for the beginning of the tainus. But after the, uh, between three and seven, it's based on how she feels. And after seven, then she's like the rest of us. She may be a medekes, a nursing mother. So a nursing mother, once again, Mishnah says, so nursing mother has to has to be to fast. The nursing mother um, however when she's nursing, she is at an increased risk of dehydrating, she's putting on fluids. So if a woman who is a Medecus has to also be given the simonim of dehydration, she should nurse. No reason, not, but if she gets into trouble, she has to break her fast. What happens if she begins to dry up and not have food for the baby? So, Haskama's approach is: so then we give the baby formula, either either give the baby milk that's being stored up from the mother, or formula. If the baby becomes inconsolable, the baby doesn't take the formula, never took the formula, not taking it now. So then we push a little bit, but at some point the mother is going to have to drink in order that the baby doesn't get into sakana. So if the baby is uh, nursing solely nursing, and the, the mother feels the baby's not giving the baby what the baby needs, so that's when we try we try we try to give the baby formula. Then he refuses. Push a little longer, maybe a little bit hungry, a little formula then. But at some point, if the baby is not get not t- willing to take anything but the mother, and the baby is inconsolable, that we have to the mother has to break in order to be able to provide uh, for the baby. There is a an alleged miser of the chazanish that Poskim do not, uh, from what I can see, do not follow. It there is a chazanish that says that she may iron for the baby is a Sakonah for the baby, so that. That would mean that if the baby has only taken the mother, then the mother is not obligated to try other forms of food for the baby. So most of the... uh, It's unclear whether the... It is quoted. It's unclear whether the Chazanish meant it the way that he said it. When he quotes his Chazanish, he believes that the... Chazanish meant that the baby is a shvach baby. The baby is weak, overly sensitive, and there's and there's some reason to believe that the baby is not going to take the other food. Um, but both the uh, you see from the al Alacha that he uh, did not go along with the Chazanish, and Rashid Pesach Frank says clearly that uh, Chazanish seems to be against uh, almost. Uh, also, that uh, most babies can withstand there are uh, can withstand some change in, in food if we have reason to believe that this baby cannot withstand then of course we would uh, take that very seriously one of the very difficult situations to be in is the woman who is having trouble nursing and and uh, not being able and, and the woman it loses their supply every so often it's not so common they may not get the supply back. Most women who are nursing after a fast day the supply goes down and within the five, six days the supply comes back up. It doesn't happen right away. It does, it does take it, but comes back up. Every so often there is a woman it's documented that a woman if she dehydrates will lose the supply and the supply will not come down. So nowadays that we have the formula so I, I don't know if I don't think we can be make in that case, you know in, in the chashash, we don't know. Right? The chashash that the woman will lose. So if it's a uh, tightness to rabbanon, on then there's some reason to believe that she maybe lose her milk. So then the to Makle. Um But nowadays the Num Kippur it's a again a difficult psaq especially because we're uh, encouraging the nursing, there's a lot to be gained by the nursing, but I don't think it rises to the case of Achel Musukim, and uh, so I think in that case it was lost as the to okay, You had a question before? Any okay, question. We're good? Well, one last question, somebody who, has tics, uh, who regularly
1: takes psychiatric medications.
0: The psychiatric medications—it depends on Let's what's going to happen. That they r- don't take.
1: Not not to say that would potentially lead to uh, right. because the
0: phages not the person like anxiety, just a- anxiety. So they have to discuss ADHD. with. The, yeah. So so ADHD means is a chol sheein basakana. In other words, it won't be fully functioning over the course of the day. It's a chol sheein basakana, so they can take the medicine with uh, without water, right? Sometimes, maybe when people consider taking it, with uh, foul-tasting water. So that'd be a consideration. Um, especially sometimes you have, it, it, sometimes you have a a person, a in an adolescent, they're, they're, so they want to be in shul already. So they and they it's not only that they won't be able to daven, that's a big problem. But they will feel they'll feel very socially very uncomfortable if they're in no shul. Not dominating the staring space. Oh, they can't sit in shul; they have to run around, and they know they have their medication. Then they could be. So it's so there's a, it's a, there are many parts to it. On one hand, there are choloship going on in herself, but are other parts of because the the the, the uh, hit that the self esteem can take if this kid is a kid in high school is getting 12th grade, he learns beautifully, right? Because he has the uh, medication, he beautifully. Now comes Yom Kippur; he's going to be uh, walking around the uh, the lobby. He's going to feel terrible about himself. So, so that, uh, on the other hand, let's say you have um, anxiety or um, depression. What is that? Depression. So depression. So depression is a depression. Depression is a depression. A person who go into depression is a Because Right? So once a person goes into depression, it's not like we can, uh, pull, you know, we're going to be able to pull them out you know the same thing. depression is one of these things that once a person hits it so you have to see it as a psychotic so if the doctor the psychiatrist tells you that uh, this person doesn't take their medication today that could increase their chance of being depressed And have to take it. if they say it has to be taken with certain food so then you have to always have to push the doctor what does it mean to take with certain food or is it that without the food, they may end up getting some kind of abdominal ulcer, and there's a, a one in a 10,000 chance, so then they have to take a chance, right? But, but if the doctor says, no, without the food it won't be effective, because the food helps the absorption, and without the food, it becomes local, it doesn't get into the system. So you also have to ask the doctor, ma Pesha dvaram, why, what's the food? this?" So if the food is because of some remote subconscious, then you say probably take it one day probably, there might be studies that they take it day and day without food they'll get an ulcer, but one day the doctor says it won't be effective without food, so then you have a person who's on medication for depression, that's not now we're only saying it's in a, you're talking about anxiety now anxiety and depression are uh, sign these twins very often you have to have a conversation yeah. with the doctor. If, if it's that the person will be more anxious over the course of the day, they so probably have to let it go. To, the, there would not be a reason. But if it's anxiety which could roll over to depression, or an anxiety which, God forbid, could, if not treated, could lead to a psychotic episode, so I would think that, that if discussed with the doctor, that's hitting up against the psychotic suppulsions they still get um, to take without, it was yeah, just a the water just to yeah, get out. Yeah, especially with, if they need the food to now. The two other things that have to be raised that is that there are medications that people take for these situations which are terribly dehydrated, something called lithium lithium is a medication that, that one may be on for increased continued anxiety or because of depression now lithium is known to be a dehydrator and it's apparently dangerous to be in lithium and not to be hydrating oneself. After a conversation with the doctor, if that's the case, that's the case. If, if the patient can go a day without lithium, a lot of these have very short half, uh, half-lives. So that's a conversation with the doctor. But there's another thing that has to be taken into account is that most medical protocols for psychiatric concerns are not flexible. It's not like you can, ah, skip a day. It doesn't skipping a day. Skipping a day is a setback in the whole system, right? Skip a day means it uh, throws a person off. Um, or skipping a day could throw a person into um, a withdrawal concern. So these have to be discussed. Withdrawal can be a subcontent sometimes. So it has to be taken, discussed very seriously with the doctor. The, big, the biggest concern is when one needs the food to help the help the medication get absorbed.
1: Um say the part of the food that is to be absorbed, more than the yeah,
0: sure. and, then a wouldn't be allowed to take that? a so, would not be allowed to take food to absorb a medicine. Uh, oh, okay. Right.
1: But,
0: but, <coughs> but a whole <coughs> But a whole, sure. but a whole would be allowed to take whatever food is required to make sure that the medicine is effective. Right? And again, these are always conversations with the doctor to make sure that the, the doctor appreciates the, that we only break the fast for a, whole, for a sakana. But there's another layer over here. Right? And that is that the a, a, an individual who, a firm individual who is has, a, who has a, a depression disorder and is on medication to treat it. So now one has to ask another question, and that is the impact of not fasting, how will that impact this person? Uh, sometimes that, that's part of the, it's a from kid, right? It could be from adults, right? They never not fasting, they now get hit with depression. So they have to have a conversation the doctor is saying if this person can't fast to Jim Kipper, I don't know what to do with the first the person. So, there, so it's a multi layered conversation to map out all these things. And um, and and sometimes the doctor will say, I mean, that's your job. You know, your job is to get and he's right. Our job is to prevail upon the person that this year they have to they will to But if these things are, are uh, it's very important to try to deal with these things already a week in advance so that you can see how they will play itself out on the person. Good? But so,
1: uh, can you say if, if sometimes the woman is dehydrated and it will take a few days to replenish the milk. Yeah, yeah. 10 and
0: in acres, Yeah. take a few
1: I, mean, I I guess that would, again, depend on whether the child can take formula right. or not. Right. You, can take, right. you can take formula on a
0: child. Right. Yeah, that's why nowadays we're a little cavalier with this. Yeah. That's why that nowadays we're much more easygoing because of because of the formula. So the kid only came to tell me, okay. We so can be more yeah. mouthfear yeah. as the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Good. it gives you a framework about what to think about and how to, how to research the issue.
1: Um, if there's anybody, is there anyone who didn't get my email last night? Could you please send me an email like right now if you have a smartphone, or later if you don't. Have-